Okay, today's daf is Tzadi Gimel, but we are behind, and we pick up on the top of Tzadi Tzadi Bet Amud Bet, and we're dealing with uh, Rava asking uh, Rava Barmari um, where uh, the basis in the Torah or in rabbinic uh, literature for uh, common popular sayings. So we pick up in the Tzadi Bet Amud Bet, and we are. Um, it's about 15 lines down line starts with the word Murray okay where is the basis for this thing that the rabbis say um, that the rabbis say if your friend called you a donkey then put the saddle on your own back meaning be willing I guess to tolerate the insult um, and uh, rather than to you know uh, uh, fight it or something um, not that you should uh, degrade yourself but maybe that's just the uh, you know don't, you don't always have to uh, fight these things makes, will make life harder um, let's anyway look at the example. Amalei Dichsiv. Okay, so again, Sari Bedem was bad. We're just quoting from the Pasuk. Vayomer, about 15 tw- lines down. Dichsiv, Vayomer Gashiv Chatzarai. The angel said to, to Hagar, the, uh, the maidservant of Sarai, Vayomer, and he said, excuse me, Hagar, Shiv Chatzarai, Amy Zavat, Vavate Rechi, Hagar, maidservant of Sarai. Where are you coming from? Where are you going? Vatomach, he said, Me Sarai Gvirchi Anuchi Barachas. I'm running away from Sarai, my master, my master, mistress, I guess. So anyway, so the point is that she was no longer Shiv Chatzarai she was running away or maybe she wasn't so much Shivchat Sarai because she was given the role of being a concubine of Avraham and nevertheless the angel called her that and she accepted that uh, you know that, that name rather than fighting it um, okay where's this thing that people say if they're now that thing wasn't exactly accurate but she was willing to repeat it rather than to fight it but how do you know if there actually is something unseemly that, that you have that's about you Kadim Amra that you should be the one to put it out there and say it first you know rather than wait for somebody else to accuse you of it and to discover it so where is that from Vayomer Ever Avraham Anochi so Avraham when he went you know to marry off Yitzchak just right up said I'm a slave I didn't try to claim that he was like a, an agent of Avraham and let them discover that he was a slave where's this thing from that's the popular saying the duck goes with its eyes down the but its eyes look far into the distance even if you're lonely you could have you could or you should have high aspirations the verse says by where she was uh, still married there and while, and uh, you know and uh, she said to David though that um, you know that Naval her husband was alive but she said to David God should do good to my master meaning you David King David and remember your maidservant meaning like so here she still was the you know subjugated wife of Naval but she was uh, had her aspirations about what might happen in the future um, okay I'm only rubber rubber by Murray what I'm not sure if it's a good yeah I understand well she was married to a creep but anyway not to three but a degenerate I know it's not clear if this is if this saying is that it's a fact that even lowly people have high aspirations or it's a recommendation. Okay, I'm a rabbi. I'm a rabbi. I'm a rabbi. Marmari. When I'm used to where's this basis of this thing that people say? You see, again, some of this is just descriptive rather than prescriptive. Um, Sixty illnesses uh, affect the teeth of somebody who hears his friend eating. Okay, <laughs> somebody's eating and you're not. 
right? You know, you feel it. Like, you know, you get the, there's this jealousy. Okay? And you feel, um, so, Amalek, you see, because the verse says, V'li, ani avdecha, v'le tzadoka koemi, l'vnayob, en yoyadav, l'shlomo avdecha lo kara. That, you know, your son, Adoniah, is uh, saying that he's going to be the king, and, he's made, and he made this whole feast, and he didn't invite me to the meal. So, obviously, he was feeling very upset. Yeah, obviously, the point wasn't that you didn't get to eat the nice shmork. <laughs> but, anyway, but that's how it's being read. Oh, you know, how was it? I didn't get to eat part of that shmork. Amalek, Adamot, mehasem, you say from there, vada, amin, mehach, I say from here. Yitzhak brought his, her to his, you know, uh, uh, Rivka to his tent, uh, to the tent of Sarah's mother. He was consoled. What do we read immediately afterwards? Avram got married. He saw his son was married. He wasn't. He, uh, he felt that and he acted on it and therefore he, met, he got married again. Um, okay. Amalei Rav said to Rav Bamari. Where's this thing that people say? That um, they, the wine belongs to the owner, but the gratitude is given to the wine steward, to the, to the waiter, to the guy who's pouring the wine. Okay. Amalei deceived because the verse says, by Moshe and Yoshua, put your hand on him. That all the people of Israel will will hear and will and, and will see. He was filled with wisdom. Because Moshe put his hands on him. And they listened to him. So it says that, the, the, actually, the Pasuk here ascribes it that it's because of what Moshe did. Even though, really, the uh, divine Ruach is coming from God. Moshe was just, as it were, the conveyor, the, the vehicle, the Kli, through which that Ruach was being given. Nevertheless, the Pasuk doesn't say because God's spirit rested on him, it's because Moshe put his hands on him. Um, Tosu says a different version of this. Tosu says that God says, he says, even if the wine belongs to the owner, it's the guy who's pouring the wine that gets to decide how much to give you. So, God says to Moshe, put your hand in the singular on Yoshua, and it says Moshe put his hands on Yoshua. So, anyway, this is why you should be nice to your waiter. Um, okay, so Moshe says, where's this place where these things people say, a dog when it's starving, will even swallow its eat its own excrement to see where says it will eat rocks anyway never stay out of no fat a satisfied a sated soul will 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 refuse uh, honey uh and a hungry soul komar matok anything bitter tastes sweet all right not everything here is the most profound but okay these are popular sayings that ultimately it's more of making a statement like everything is in the torah even the popular wisdom can be found in the torah uh Where's the thing people say? A uh, a bad tree goes and it, uh, um, and, it, and, it and it moves itself towards the place where there are these uh, where there are barren trees or or a bear, uh, a lot of barren tre- a, a field of, ba- of barren trees. Um, no, more like uh, like you know like. Uh, Things are uh, evil attracts evil, bad attracts bad. Okay, bad people will go to where there's other what? One tree with disease. I'm sorry. One tree with Dutch elm disease. That's like a bad apple will spoil the bunch. But this is different. This is not you're part of a group and you're bad and you spoil the group. It's like somebody bad will seek out others of his kind. You know. Anyway, let's take a look at the example. Okay. Um, and it's taught in a mission of a 
it's taught in the Brisa. Right. So we got it in all of Torah and rabbinic literature. Kosovo Torah. Deceive. Vayelech Esav Yishmael. Okay, Esav went to Yishmael. So, you know, the bad tree went to the other bad tree, the barren tree. Now, now, well, yeah. Now, by the way, I, yeah, what can I tell you? Now, by the way, the, the Marsha, um, I just want to put this out there. I mean, although I think it obviously goes against our sensibilities. But the Marsha says that the idea here is also like, you know, we say coming from good stock. So the Marsha says actually the idea of bear versus bad tree versus barren tree is that the bad tree comes from good stock, but it produces bad fruit. And the barren tree is the one that comes from bad stock. So Esau came straight from Yaakov, right? You know, from, 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 uh, from Yitzchak and Rivka. He came from good stock, but he produced bad fruit. And he went to Yishmael, who came from bad stock, because his mother was Hagar. Okay, and that's how he, like, reads these. Actually, it's a very it's nice that it, you know, connects with this idea of a, ba- a bad tree as opposed to a barren tree. Alright? Um, okay. So, you know, uh, these worthless, worthless or, you know, a lowly people gathered to Yiftach. But if you remember, Yiftach was also the, the, the son of a prostitute woman. Exactly. So the Marshal's read is a very insightful read. And they were with him. Or Vayitzuimo. It says a third time in the Ksuvim, Every bird will, will, will dwell amongst its kind, and people to those that are similar to it. If that does not sound to you as any Pesach you've ever heard, it's because it is written in Ben Sira. So, very interesting that although, you know, <laughs> we read in, uh, in the Mishnah Sanhedrin that Chazal certainly were very familiar with Ben Sira and would quote it often, and every now and then they even quote it as, as say, Dixiv, as if it's scripture. And here it says, Meshulash Bixuvim. Whatever, I'm not having that discussion. Tanam de Vesnisen. Here you're losing the idea of the stock idea of the Marsha. Anything connected to something Tami is Tami connected to something Tar is Tar. The idea is you take a nail, a metal thing, a metal, a metal utensil is, uh, is Makabal Tumah. But if you bang a nail into a type of a wooden uh, utensil that it does not have a baked keyboard, does not have a receptacle. I see your, your, your eyes picked up here. <laughs> anyway, a, a wooden, a wooden a, uh, sort of instrument without a receptacle um, is not Makabal Tumah. So let's say you bang the nail into, I don't know, like, let's say you have like a, 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 a wood stick to stir, you know, to stir your soup and you bang the nail into it so you could hang it on a hook. Okay, even, even the nail is no longer Makabal Tumah because it's Mechubr L'Tahuwe. So here's, uh, and if, but if you however banged it into something that was Tameh, if you banged, let's say, a wood nail into something, you know, that was Tameh, something that was Makabal Tumah, like a, a metal utensil, it would be part of that metal utensil and it would be Makabal Tumah. So, and it was something connected to Tars. Tars, something connected to Tameh. Um, which isn't exactly the same point. Anyway, the Tanina Bebrisa, we taught again in the Brisa, um, there was a question whether this bird is Zarzir, I think they say it was a starling, is uh, kosher or not. And he said it's not for naught that it goes and it's, it's, it flocks together with the. Um, with the raisin, nature whom you know, it's it's of a sim, it's of its same uh, species, and therefore it is it is uh, not a kosher bird. So these last things were again the Marshall's idea wasn't the same, but anyway, it's like you know, bad attracts bad. Okay. 
Where's this thing that people say? Um, if you called your friend and he didn't respond to you, and it seems for the context it's not just like, like you know, hey, hi, how you doing? But it means like you tried to warn him about something and he ignored you. So Rami Guda Raba Mashadi Bay. Basically, take a big uh, a, a, a big wall and throw it on him. If he's not listening to your warnings, you know, to hell with him. Excuse me. Yan Tartich Veloti Harta. Since I tried to purify you and you would not become pure, Mitumatech Loti Tari Od. From your impurity, I will no longer uh, you will no longer become pure. Well, that's not you know, really that's not act- actively doing it, right? I know, I know. So it's not exactly the same. I, mean, I can't imagine that you would actually think you would actively try to hurt somebody. Um, we had that before, actually. Remember about the Snuim would put out these warnings about people Ganavim coming into the field, but that they shouldn't eat, you know, the uh, orla and whatever, and the and so on. And who was it? Somebody said. Uh, what was the puzzle? Somebody said about that. He said um, uh, something about. Uh, yeah, right, right, right. I'm trying to remember the pasuk. So, uh, what was it? Anyway, he basically said a similar type of a sentiment about like you know, the, like you know, they're Ganavim anyway. You know, whatever. Why do you have to care about about that? Okay. Um, oh, um, okay. Where's this thing that people say? The the well that you drank from. Don't throw in it like you know uh, clods of earth into it. Something that you got benefit from, even if even if now it's dried up or whatever. You know, don't go ahead and and uh, disrespect it. So here you know do not despise the Adomi, you're the other your brother, and don't despise the Mitri. You are uh, you are you know a sojourner in their land. Even after all the evil that they did to you, I mean, even the Adomi, they wouldn't let them pass through the land. The midstream, of course. Nevertheless, you have to still have a certain amount of hakarasatov of gratitude, even if the facts change afterwards. Um a Rava, the Rava Barmari, is this thing that people say. Dura Dalina, if you uh, carry the uh, the uh, beam, um, um, you know, or the, the uh, excuse me, the the, the, uh, the burden, then I will carry it with you. The Lolo Dalina, but if you won't, I won't carry it. Meaning, like, if you do it, I'll do it with you. Okay, but I can't do it by my, I won't do it by myself. Okay, if you go with me, I'll go. If not, I won't. Where's the thing that people say? Karavina um, Zutri, uh, when we were young, Legavre. So we were, you know, we saw, you know, we saw ourselves as like, you know, real, like, you know, uh, 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 um, powerful, you know, you know. When we were young, we saw ourselves like we were adults. The Ashta, the Kashishna, and now that we that we've gotten old, the Dardiki. Now we're like children, you know, because the old become infirm and they need other and they need people to take care of them. So we've reverted to children. When we were children, we thought we were adults, and now that we're old, we're back to being children. God led them with a with a pillar of a smoke. So I don't know if you know. Maybe I, I assume the idea here about being like Gavre adults or fully empowered is that God is showing them the way, but they are going. It's not like God is is you know God you know God is pointing them the way, but ultimately you know they're empowered, right? As opposed to the I'll send my angel. He'll take care of you. Right? Taking care of somebody is a very is like more infantilizing. All right. Where's this thing that people say? After the uh, a person of wealth. 
be like uh, the, the the wood chips follow, you know, like uh, so, um, you know, like you're know, like hang out with. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. That's the poor get poorer, yeah. right? But this is actually follow the rich, and you'll benefit from being in their ambit, essentially. Okay, so I'm a Okay, now we're going to shift a little bit back because we were talking about, a lot of this was about talking about Avraham and Sarah and so on. We're done with popular sayings and a little bit more drashot about Avraham and Sarah and related things. So let's take a look. Um, 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 okay, so um, uh, okay, somebody who gives over to heaven like the judgment about somebody. He says, you know, so God should judge you. You know, let God be the judge. Okay, I want God to mete out judgment against you. You're the one that you're asking God to come and pay attention and to judge. God will first check out, you know, your doings, and you'll be the one to be punished first for for anything you've done wrong. Sorry, said to Avraham, my anger is upon you, or my uh, the injury done to me is upon you. You know, you spoke Hashem That's the key, the end of the puzzle. God should judge between us. Who was the one that uh, died first? It was Sarah who died first. So that's much later. So okay, God doesn't mean it's going to be immediate. Okay, but you bring God into it. You know, God is going to first check that you were worthy of uh, calling God to uh, judge. This. Um, but that's only if you had other recourse. If you could have, uh, you know, you could have brought somebody to a to a, to a, to a basin. You could have brought them to court, and therefore you didn't. You brought God into it instead. Then God's going to be looking more closely at you. Of course, the Marsha said, or somebody said, where did uh, what do you call it? You know, where did uh, we? You know, where did Sarah have a basin? Well, there was always the basin of shame. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> uh, what can I tell you? Well, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Similar idea. Woe is to the one who yet cries out to God more than the one who is being called out about. Okay? Same idea. If somebody's complaining to you about God, that person has to more worry about themselves. How do you know? Um, we taught similarly, which is not more, but at least equal. Oh, no, I'm sorry, it is more. Whether the one who called out or the one who's being called out upon are both included in the divine response because Rashi quotes the Pasuk it says it says um, in other words Rashi um, okay it says that you know if you uh, I forget what, what's the beginning of the Pasuk no, that's the end of it what's the beginning no the no but who's calling out to God I forgot anyway when somebody who's oppressed calls out to God and God says my anger will be will be kindled against you and I will kill you all of you I, not I kill him the one who did bad to you but you in the plural Bukharev so the one calling and the one being called upon they are both going to suffer God's retribution the one who called out he's going to be the one that's going to get punished first okay so that's pretty interesting you know given I mean it's right directly against the whole point of the book like what's the idea that you know God answers the oppressed but the point is, it's one thing, and you know, maybe that's also why the word soak is different than Moser Din, right? Soak is not necessarily calling God to judge, right? Soak is like just crying out because you're oppressed. 
right? Like it's by B'nai Yisrael. It says, right? It says, Vayizatu, right? Vatal Shavatam Ohalokim. Then they prayed to God. They were just, you know, crying out because they were oppressed. God heard it, but it wasn't calling God into it. And here's a Gemara saying that even the Tzoik is going to be punished. Now, Tosros pushes back a little bit about that, or he quotes a, a different Midrash. And if you take a look at Tosros, Tosros says, Echad Tovah Take a look, he says, Omar Rabbeinu Shmuel, Dib Sifrei Masni Binin Acher. And Sifrei, there's a different version of this. Echad Tzoik, Echad Sha'in Tzoik Bemashma. Whether you call out or whether you don't call out, God is going to punish the oppressor. Okay? So, Pirish, Bain Oto Sha'ani Tzoik Alav, Bain Oto Sha'in Ani Tzoik Alav, whether the Ani is calling out because he's been oppressed or not, Shneim Nenoshim. Either way, the oppressor, right, what does that mean? God is only going to punish the oppressor if somebody cries out? If not, God won't? So what's the idea of crying out? Um, um, that was the case. He didn't return the collateral. And God, of course, will punish both of them, oppress the person. If he calls out, then God will punish the oppressor even faster. Now that's obviously much more pshat of the psukim. Okay, that's saying, okay, God is going to respond to the calling out, but how about God should be protecting the, you know, uh, punishing the oppressor regardless? He will, but he'll respond even quicker to the one who calls out. But that's not what the Gemara is saying. Right, the Gemara is saying, like, don't call God, you know, don't uh, call God to intervene, which is so funny. I mean, that's the classic religious response of somebody who's well, oppressed. Yeah, but you guys have got to make sure your house is I guess so. Okay, so it's very interesting. That was about calling God to intervene. But if somebody doesn't call on God, somebody just curses you, that's going to be effective. So if you want to, if, you, if, you, if you're having a problem with somebody, don't call on God to judge, just curse the person. So how do you know that the curse of a, even of a commoner, should not be light in your eyes, should not be taken lightly? Sherei Avimelech, we're circling back to Avimelech, Kililet Sarah, he cursed Sarah, and it was actually fulfilled in her, in her seed, in her descendant. Shenema, here, I'm giving you this money, it should be a covering of the eyes. Now, presumably what that means is, like a veil, it'll protect you against the shame of this event. But here's how he would go, Agmar reads it, Poshet, there you go, exactly. Well, that's exactly how our discussion, Afapishu Nosein Loeno Nimcha. That's a good point, though, I wasn't thinking about the Kasusein Ayim. Anyway, so, okay, Amalei, Holo V'Kasita Mimeni, you hid from me the truth. Holo Galit Sha'at Isheikh, and you did not reveal, Shehu Isheikh, and you did not reveal that he is your husband. The Garante Lai and you caused me all of this anguish. It really is still you're to blame, even though previously God said, don't say they're to blame, you're to blame. Anyway, um, that it be the desire that your children should have their eyes covered. Okay, so is a curse. You know, you should have, your children should have their eyes covered. So it's um, differently. He's saying, I'm doing something nice for you. And right, exactly. His eyes became uh, hard of seeing. Okay, or dim of seeing. I'm a Rebbe Avo. What? I know. Very good, Michael. I'm a Rebbe Avo. Olam yeyed adamin and yerdafim velomina rodsin. You should always be from those that are oppressed and not those that are the oppressors. Those that are being chased rather than the chasers. That's against the Peter, Paul, and Mary song, right? I'd rather be a hammer than a nail? Okay. <laughs> anyway. She'en lucha. What? Simon and Garfunkel. That's Simon Garfunkel? That's not Peter, Paul, and Mary? 
Really? Ah, uh, my apologies. You know how you'll say the army is Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> okay, fine. Lo lim yechad mina mina rod from the no. It's the opposite of mina hamilsi. Sheim lechanir de ofos yosim yitar mivnayona because you have you have nothing among the birds that are more to the chased after the prey than the uh, turtle doves and the pigeons. And those are the ones that are the sacrifices. You know, you could have said the basic general point about the kosher animals versus the non-kosher animals, right? It's not the predators are the kosher. Are, are the non-kosher animals. Okay. That was a nice little, uh, long little agotic digression and now we go back to the Mishnah. We're looking at that. We're almost caught up. Okay. So, um, um, oh, uh, okay. So, uh, people aim the rush of a yamus, I think was the Pasuk before, right? Like, you know, basically feed it to the rush and let him die. Anyway, that was the idea of somebody doing something wrong, you know, then just let them fall in their own sin. Okay. Now we're back to the end of the Mishnah. So he says, blind me, even if he says, and he's even on the condition that you'll be exempt, you're not exempt, but if he says, tear my garment, if he just says it's time, you're not exempt. But if he says on the condition that you will be exempt, you will. So why does it work for the garment and not for the eye? So let's take a look at what the Gemara says. Only Ravasi Rava. So he said to Rava, or to Rav, anyway, Maishna Resha Maishna Seifa. Why does exempting a person work in the case of a garment and not in the case of a, of a, bo- of a part of the body? It's obvious. It's the person, now you could read this, doesn't or can't. Okay? But let's read it doesn't. The person, even if he says he's exempting you, deep down he can never really, you know, exempt somebody from, inju- from, from an act of injury being done to him. As opposed to when it comes to vessels, he can be sincere about it. Okay? Now, by the way, this does not mean that after the debt is incurred, it cannot, you cannot have mechila. Somebody injured you and they owe you like $100,000, you could say, I'm mochel. Now it's just a monetary debt. The question is a mechila beforehand, saying this will be an act that I will not consider an act of injury to come with it the liability. I'm going to treat it as if you're not injuring me. That's what a mechila beforehand means. You can't, right, because you can't be mochel a debt that doesn't exist. So what does amanat lifter mean? It means I won't consider it like you've done something wrong to me. So that's why it's possible to read this statement not just the person doesn't really mean it, but a person, it can't be true. An act of injury to a person's body is always, an, uh, objectively, an act of injury to somebody. Whereas when you, whereas when you break a when you break an object, that's not. A, there's a lot of reasons you throw things out and you break them or whatever. You could say sometimes you cut into somebody because you're operating on them. Fine. That's obviously is very clear from not what the person said, but from the reality of what's happening. Okay. But very often you'll have something that's functional, but you want to make room. You throw it out. You destroy it. So it's, it's possible to read the Gemara this way. Not like you don't mean it, but because you're being mocha before the debt, you're reframing the action, and that's not possible in the case of personal injury. It is possible in the case of of damaging so of an, of an object. Okay, so he says, "Lisi shein ada mochel al roshe yevarim amalei v'gi ada mochel al tsaro." I don't understand. Then it shouldn't be limited to the case of of breaking a limb. How could a person be mochel on any even even on pain on being suffered? To tiny we turn in the brisa hakeni pitzaeni. If somebody says hit me, you know wound me, but you're not you know no permanent damage. Right? Like, like the question before, are you allowed to be chovel the atzmo? So not any. Per- 
permanent damage. I'm not leaf to her on the condition that you'll be exempt. Potter, you're exempt. So it's why is that true? That also either you shouldn't be sincere about it, according to that way of uh, one way of reading. You, deep down, you can't really mean it, or the other way of reading it is objectively there's still injury there, right? So how there does that work more than the other case? So um, Ishik, he, he was quiet. He said he didn't have an answer. Amar that's a good question. Have you heard any answer to this? So Amalei, here's what Rosheisha says. It's not the person is sincere, and but there is injury to the family, and because the family, like somebody suffered injury, right? You know, somebody's now going around. A member of our family now is missing a limb or something. You know, that yeah, brings about some some type of a stigma or some type of a, of a felt injury to the family. Now the question is, uh, okay, but you're not paying the boshet to the family. You're not paying. You're paying for the injury. You know, but apparently what it means is because of that reality, then then it, it, seem, it seems like it's tying back to the point before about the there's an objective injury. So if somebody gets a wound and it heals, so to some degree you could say if there's nothing permanent, there's a, there's no objective injury. But if somebody it's it's it, it's permanent, so it is objective. Whatever the guy says, because it's felt by others. Okay, it's felt by the family. But it is funny. Their embarrassment means you have to pay full full damages. But it seems that what we're saying is the fact of their embarrassment is a measure to the fact that there is objective injury here and it's the person's subjective framing of it is it doesn't mean anything I don't care I don't see it as injury you know there's still the objective reality that you can't change yes no that's my point exactly exactly and if you take a look look at the one word of the Tosos so if all there is is Tsar hit me you could be Mochel on the Tsar but if there's something permanent then you could be probably Mochel on everything and the guy has to pay everything he even has to pay the Tsar you get oh I'm Mochel on the Tsar once is this objective reality of Pagam Mishpacha which to me I'm saying is like an index it's not you're paying for the Pagam Mishpacha it's a it's, it's a litmus test to the fact that there's some objective injury here you know then that then it can't be reframed That's but something that only affects me and doesn't affect anybody else then uh, subjectively, maybe I can reframe it. Is yes. the Gamishpacha even a temporary thing? No, that's why the Gamishpacha explains the Rashi Yivarim, but not the temporary. But I understand, but I mean, there's still there's still Gamishpacha meaning. Yeah, but a, a, a brief one. It's not the, I, it's not the type of Gam we're talking about. I mean, what can I say? It's, it's not permanent, and there's no lasting Gamishpacha. Well, Gam also is not like embarrassment. Embarrassment is we were embarrassed about the event. Gam is like, right, something that stays, a stigma, yes. What they're doing is imposing some subjective the Okay, Itmar was taught Rabbi Yoshayo Mishum Pagamishpacha, Rabbi Mishum Shainara Mochal Roshay Varm Shalom. Okay, one says the Pagamishpacha is the relevant way of testing or determining what's going on here. And the, you know, and again, this person, like, the point is not they're embarrassed, but there's a stain, there's something permanent. And Rabbi says, no, it's because you're not, you are, cannot really redefine or either be really mo- mean it or really redefine when it comes to that type of an injury. The Yoran Amar, now, Rabbi Yoran has, has had the third explanation about how to explain the difference between 
the case of injur- personal injury and destroying a vessel. Sometimes no means yes, and yes means no. Okay, which basically means, now, I, I won't tell you Rashi's read, read, I'll tell you Tosis's, which is much better. He says, if somebody says, when the mission says, Amanas Liftor, right, it's like, it's a question. So, that the other guy says, I say, blind me. You say, Amanas Liftor? And I say, yeah. So the question is, if I said, yeah, like that, sarcastically, clearly I meant no. If I said, yes, you'll be exempt, then I meant yes. But the mission is talking about a statement that's, that's not explicitly sarcastic and not explicitly and sincere. Right. But it, but, and therefore, that type of a statement, in this case, we're going to interpret a yes under that circumstances to mean a no. If there's any, if there's any doubt what that yes means, it means a no. Okay, whereas in the case of breaking a vessel, the default of a, it would be the op, you know, the default, it would be the opposite actually. A default of a no will be a yes. Okay, if you say break my vessel, and then you, I say break my vessel, and you say I'm a nas liftor, and I say no, um, so, you know, they're also, like, like, you can imagine that's sarcastic. Like, why do you think I asked you? I'm not saying no, I'm not going to do whatever. So, therefore, if there's any doubt, we'll interpret that no as a yes. Okay. okay? So then, if you say, being depending on your inflection. No. How if the inflection, if the, no, no. If, no, no. If, if, the doubt is, is that, right, if, Yes, if the inflection makes it clear that it's sarcastic or sincere, then we interpret it what the inflection makes it clear. If there's any question about what that might have meant, so in the case of, you know, the uh, injuring me, a yes will be interpreted as a no. And in the case of breaking my vessel, a no will be interpreted as a yes, if there's any doubt as to what it might have meant. Okay? Um, here, you want to take a look at the So now we're going to skip what Rossi says. He says like this, he says uh, uh, it's about the bottom third of Tuzzle the final Tuzzle with by Rashi even if he says yes and it seems like it's said as a non-sarcastic as a sincere statement okay, it obviously means it like sarcastically ironically okay we'll interpret a yes if, there, if, if even if that you know we'll be inclined to interpret a yes in that case as a no. If it seems like he's saying, but it's not 100%, we'll interpret that no as a yes. Okay? So, let's go back to the Gemara. So, um, so this is not an absolute, like Rava and the other, like the answer about Rosh Eivarman Pagami Shpacha. Those are saying, whatever you're trying to do, objectively, you can never make this any different. But Yogan says, no, you could always be mocha one or not mocha the other. But we assume that there's a general Think, we assume a general reality of how people, what people mean, and therefore we're going to interpret statements along those lines. Okay, so let's read that again. Um, he says, on the condition to be part of Amalo Hain, you should know that often that yes really means no. Rend my clothes, and he said no, you should know, that's a love that's going to mean a yes. Now it doesn't. Now again, if you're clear and explicit, no. But we'll be. But generally, we'll interpret that as a yes. Okay. But don't they say that only what is it? Only five percent of uh, meaning is communicated by your word.
words. The 95% is by your body language and your tone and inflection. Okay, so... Shavar's kadi karis ksisi chayev. Break my that's uh, you break my you know uh, pitcher tear my garment you're chayev. But if he says I'm not swifter then you're potter. Ramini, I'll ask you on this. Lishmor it says if somebody gives to somebody something to watch the law abed but not if he was given it to him to destroy then he's not obligated to watch it. Lishmor v'loli kroa not to tear it. Lishmor v'loli chayek lanim not to give it out to the poor. So in those cases, if it was given to you to destroy, you don't, you're not obligated to watch it. Now the Gemara understands, if when I say you here, take this and you can go ahead and destroy it if you want, that you're not obligated to watch it, that's only meaningful, that you're exempt of watching it only because my statement, you can destroy it if you want, is a, is a meaningful statement. You really could, would be allowed to destroy it and not be liable. So the implication of this is that if I tell you take this and you're allowed to destroy it, that you'd be exempt for destroying it. How is that different from our Mishnah, where in our Mishnah I have to explicitly say Amanas Liftor and here you don't have to say Amanas Liftor so Amar Huna Lokash that's not difficult if actually I give it to you and then I say you know you can go ahead and destroy it once you took possession of it you know or in the time while you were taking possession of it or after you took possession of it then you become more responsible for it and then I have to explicitly exempt you but if you haven't taken possession of it yet and I say oh you see my uh, shirt over there, you can go ahead and uh, you know, go ahead and take it and you can destroy it. So since you haven't taken it yet and assumed any responsibility yet, so then you're, whole, then you're allowed to go ahead and destroy it without any, even without me explicitly exempting it. I give it to you and say you can destroy it. I know, it. I know. I understand. Let's see how the Gemara continues. Amalei Rava, Lishmor Dasi Liyadi Mashma. No. It says if you give it to walk, it sounds like you have actually physically given it over. And, it's, and you don't have to explicitly exempt him. If you just say that you can destroy it, he can destroy it. They both came into his hands. That makes sense. If as I'm giving it to you, I say, Michael, here, you know, take this and you can go ahead and destroy it, then it's given to him in the context of something he should be destroying. So there's no liability. If I give it to him and I say, by the way, Michael, that thing of mine that you've been watching, please, you can go ahead and destroy. So then he already assumed responsibility to watch it. I need to be more explicit that I'm exempting here and I have to say that you could be exempt now by the way Tosos because this whole thing is so bizarre if I'm saying explicitly please destroy it you know why do you have to say that you're exempting him Tosos tries to reframe it a little like I didn't say please destroy it I said you can destroy it if you want and therefore that maybe the reason I'm saying that is so Michael shouldn't feel like I don't want to watch those things he's going to you know, any tiny little thing's going to happen to it he's going to make me pay I said you know what Michael doesn't worry even if you destroy it it would be okay with me <laughs> so, but it's not really okay with me I'm just saying this to make it so Tosos again reframes that that's what you're saying because otherwise it would seem if you explicitly tell somebody to destroy it well you know why would you have to say Amanas you know Amanas uh, Listor okay now the Gemara ends this Pumpadisa. so there was a a, 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 a wallet a pouch filled of tzedakah money that came to Pumpadisa to be, dis- to be distributed to the poor after the Rav Yosef Gabayahu Gavra so Rav Yosef gave it over to a certain person to uh, dis- to distribute it. 
Pashtabai, he was negligent. Ganvi, um, Ganvua, and they were stolen. Also, Ganvi, Ganavin, Kain, Ganvua, they stole it. Chivei, Rav Yosef, so Rav Yosef said, you got to now pay back all the money that was stolen. If money is given to you to distribute to the Anim, you're exempt. Why? Because as soon as I give you money to distribute to the Anim, Michael, here, here's $20 I'm giving to Tzedakah, please give it to the Anim, it's no longer mine. I've given it over to Tzedakah. So if Michael loses it, who's going to bring him to a Din Torah? So why isn't it? So that's why if it's given over to the Chalik Laniyim, you know, you, you, you know, it falls between the cracks. You, you're exempt from, from liability. So why here is he liable? So Amalei, Ani de Pumpadisa, Mikitz Kayat Luhu, No, the Anim of Pumpadisa, they have a fixed amount. Like they know that they get like, the Anim get like, you know, $5 a day. So therefore, you know, we have a thousand Anim, each one of them, it's sort of like, you know, welfare checks or whatever. Each one of them gets a fixed amount, five dollars a day. So every one of them can bring Michael to a Din Torah, right? He says that was my five dollars, you know, yeah, it was my five dollars. By giving it over to somebody for the Anim, it's like that money is already clearly defined that each, you know, how much each Ani has. How long does the money from the end? Does that make a difference? I don't see you here any indication they actually told him. Uh, no, it seems like that was obviously the context. Yeah, so unless they didn't tell him. Then well, then they'll be right. Then, yes, then that could change it. Okay, Hazanala so that was the end of Achova. It's very interesting that this whole parak about personal injury interrupts the seventh and the ninth and the tenth because the, the eighth, seventh was about Geneva, ninth and the tenth is about Gzela, and you have the personal injury one in the middle, which is strange because you would think Geneva and Gzela, and we're going to see the first mission is going to deal with very similar issues. But anyway, I don't. Well, I'll, I don't know. But Hanan, you had a question. Uh, Kafka gave Max Broad all his letters and he says, "Please destroy them." Obviously, he was with Black right. Tour, right? right. Uh, when I die and then he didn't destroy them I mean, not only did he publish them, them right <laughs> but Kafka I'm sure was sincere but yeah, there he does but <laughs> so that's a nice example that's true I remember reading about that um, yeah so yeah um, so as, as opposed to why does it interrupt um, I, 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 the, the only thing I'll suggest about that is that Geneva, we tend to forget this because, you know, the Gemara focuses on the object and the payment, but the classic Geneva is, you, is, is burglary as you enter into somebody's house, right? And therefore, and those are classic cases also that could lead to, like, murder. I mean, not murder, whatever, like, you know, standing injury, standing up for yourself, I mean, you know, killing the guy who's breaking into your home and so on. So, it could be that, you know, as opposed to Gazelle, it's just all about the object. Here, there may be I mean, although again, sometimes mugging people are also killed in a mugging or somehow. But I, there seems to be something more about personal intrusion, a violation. You know, people whose homes have been broken in, I think it takes much more harder, longer to recover than somebody who's been mugged if they haven't been physically injured. So there is that sense of like violation and entering, you know, you know, intrusion onto me. Like my house is an extension of me. So that's maybe why Geneva, you know, Havallah follows it and then you have Gazela. Although still, you would have imagined there would have been a hierarchy. You do Chavala, and then Geneva, and then Gazela. Or Gazela, then Geneva, then Chavala. It's still interesting, the interruption. Anyway, let's take a look now as we turn to the last two prakim that deal with Gazela. Hagozo Eitzin, Vasan Kalim, Somebody who um, steals uh, um, wood, and um, it's so funny. I, whenever we did the, the seventh paragraph, I keep on having to say burgles, who burgles this, burgles this, which is a word, it's a verb. Like, whoever uses that in normal English. Anyway, here I can finally say steal. But I was looking at the um, uh, um, uh, the uh, Santino, and Santino translates Gzela throughout this parak as misappropriates. 
<laughs> which that is what it is, but I mean, uh, normally we use that for like more white collar crime. But anyway, okay, Hagozo eats in if somebody steals wood, Vatsan Kalim, and turns them into some type of a utensil. Semir Vatsan Begotim, wool and makes it into clothes. Makes a shinui, right? Mashan Kishasa So the the owner can't say, oh, thank you very much, I'll just take this nice new uh, garment that you uh, wove. No, actually, I, now, I the goslin, now own the garment and I'll just pay you the cost of the thing when I stole it. Um, because that's the principle of shinui kona. Exchange, you know, makes me own it. Um, if he stole a pregnant cow who then gave birth, Rachel to Una Vigazaza, or a, uh, a, 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 a sheep that was filled with wool and he sheared it. So there, he, may, he owns now the, uh, the, the, it sounds like he owns the baby calf and he owns the wool. He made a shinoi in those. Those belong to him. He gives back the non-pregnant cow and the sheared sheep. And so what does he have to pay? So it says, He pays for a cow that's ready to give birth and a sheep that is ready to be shorn. Now, it's not clear. Does he keep the cow as well? Is the fact that the cow has given birth a shinoi in the cow? Is the fact that the sheep has been shorn a shinoi in the sheep? You wouldn't think so. Um, so what you really are paying would be the difference. You give back the cow and then you pay the difference between this cow and one that was ready to give birth. Between this sheep and one that was ready to be shorn. The mission is not so clear. Right? The mission says you pay for it, it, as it was Bishat HaGzela. So clearly it seems like you own the, the, uh, the calf and the wool. Whether you own the cow or the sheep is a little ambiguous in the Mishnah. Gazo Paravinit Abra Etzlo Vialada Now let's say he went through the whole cycle. He uh, he stole it. It get, it became pregnant, then gave birth. It got it got wool, and then he shore it. In that case, Masham Kishas Hagzela. So you, again, you keep the uh, the the profit you made off it as the Ghana Gazan. Doesn't seem so fair. The Gazan making a profit off of somebody else's property. But these are the principles that he's konet with a shinoi. He's konet you know the uh, new stuff that grew, etc. And in that case, he pays the um, uh, he can just give back the sheep and the cow. Uh, okay. Or um, now Zerklav is the principle. You pay as it was when you stole it, um, not for anything different. Now, of course, what the Mishnah should have said is, you know what the case that's missing from the Mishnah is that you stole a sheep that was shorn and it got wool and then it came time to pay it back, right? So what would you think? In that case, can I say, okay, I, I stole your sheep. It, it, had, it, had, it, had, it had been shorn. I kept it by me. Now it's filled with wool on the sheep, okay? Then I give it back. I say, Michael, here's your sheep back, but it's worth $500 more. Could you give me the 500 bucks? Right, so that right. So there, you the answer would be no. It's not a shinoi. I'm not kona it. But it should have given that example because the mission said There actually will be a time where effectively you'll be mishalim more than shasakzela when the thing improved without a shinoi. Right? When the cow, I stole the cow and it became pregnant. Now I have to give you back a pregnant cow. I'm actually giving you back more than I took because there is no shinoi. So that was the case that was missing um, from the Mishnah. If he shears the sheep and then gives it back, he can keep the shearing? If he shears the sheep and gives it back, he, gives the sheep back he stole the, yes, that's the case in the Mishnah. Right. He stole the sheep that was, 
He sold the sheep that was without shearings. It became, it got shearings and it, it got wool and then he sheared it. Right, then he keeps the shearings. Yes, that's the case in the Mishnah. Okay, so, uh, now the Mishnah is like this. Amri, Eitzim Vasan Kalin, In. It sounds like it's only a Shinoi once you actually turn them into some type of a, of a, um, of an implement. I keep, I, I, my whole life I've been translating Kalim as vessel, but I've been told that vessel sounds like the, like something you eat from. You know, so I've been looking, there are other translations of it like instrument. I think implement is probably the best. Implement is more, most generic. Okay. Anyway, so it sounds like only when you make something into some type of an implement, like it gets to a certain stage of change. She fun low, but if you simply sanded it, you know, and, and like, you know, what's, what's it called when you do a, not sanding, planed it or something, it, you, you, that would not be enough. Wool, when you make it into clothes, that's a shinoi, but it sounds like leaving them low if you only whiten the wool, which is like after shearing the wool, you basically, you know, clean it and rub it, and then it, you know, becomes nice and bright and white. So that would not be enough. That's not enough of a shinoi. For Amini, I'll ask you on this. We have a breita. Guzzle eats in Vashipan. It speaks about an earlier stage. If you stole wood and you planed it, a vanimisititan, you stole stones and you, uh, you know, uh, whatever also, what's that called? Chiseled them or something. Semer the Libnan, wool and you whitened it. Pishtan v'nakeu, flax that you cleaned, you know, you combed it or whatever, you from the raw state. You pay that you also you put you own it now and you only pay like you stole it. So why does our mission talk about a later state? It sounds like even an earlier state. Amar Baye said Baye Tanadidan our, now, you would think, of course, that our Mishnah is the more drastic Shinoi, right? Which the, Abaye is going to reread the case in our Mishnah that our Mishnah is the less significant Shinoi. Our Mishnah is talking about a more minor Shinoi, which is only rabbinic, that, that, that it's considered that the Gazan owns it only rabbinically, because it's a type of a Shinoi Dahadra, which is Shinoi HaChoser. It's a Shinoi that could be reverted back to the original state. No, 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 well, let's take a look. The Koshgain, we're talking only about the first half of the Mishnah, the Koshkein Shinoi Doraisa, and certainly a biblical Shinoi, which is something that does not revert. How is it that our Mishnah is a lesser Shinoi? Eitzim Vasan Kalim, Eitzim Meshupim. The case about making some type of an implement with wood, that's when you stole um, already planed wood, already, you know, smooth wood. Umayniu Nisarim, and you stole some beans. And what are beans? And what do you do with the beans? You went to, you know, Home Depot, you took some nice, smoothed out cut beans, and you just put them on your rooftop. You didn't put any plaster, you didn't put any nails uh, that's exactly not exactly a vessel you'd have to think of some other way where you fitted some beams together without any nails and in some type of a way that you could just undo it okay but like by the way stones you know we were talking about this once in Shear how there was like this you know there's this ancient you know wisdom or whatever you know skill about being able to make these stone walls without any plaster without any other material and they've lasted for like hundreds of years you know or even longer so anyway so there's ways of making something without making any change to the object. What? It has apparently a typical life expectancy of like 250 years. Well, and then they fall apart. Probably, and then they just collapse. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Um, so, the Eitzim is Shupi. My new could be reverting to its original state. The Ibai Mishlavlu, you could just, you know, uh, extract it, uh, pull it out. Semer Rasan Begadim. So how does wool uh, that you made into clothes? But Semer Tomri, it's 
majority wool that's been twisted, woven. You basically didn't steal wool. You stole yarn. Okay? If you stole yarn and you knitted something, you could always, you know, undo what you knitted. Right? I mean, I guess. Take to my keeper here and completely undo it and get back some strings. Okay? Theoretically, that's possible. Okay? Um, uh, the, 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 the Right, right. I know you did something. You did change it, which is why. But it's a change that, with enough effort, can go back to the original state. If you want to, you could undo your whole nice afghan and get back all the nice yarn. Okay, certainly a biblical shinoi. The Tanabara, the the external town of the Brighta, he's talking about a, a, a biblical one. He's talking about, so the, what we thought was less, he actually says there's more. No. When you plane the wood or when you carve the stones, you can't, ref, you can't change that back. So that's an even more bigger shinoi. Okay, now by the way, this idea that, that carving the, planing the woods would be, sounds like would be sufficient by itself because it's a physical change that doesn't revert. Tosa's importantly limited. Tosa says, if you take a look at Tosfos, um, where's Tosfos? Eight in Vasan K. We'll read the next line and then we'll see the Tosfos. So the verse is like this. Ravashiyam, um, Ravashi says, No, even in our Mishnah, even though he agrees with Abaye's type of description, he says it's also a biblical change. Why? What does it mean when you took a wood and you made it into a vessel? It means the exact same thing as the Brighta. It means that you planed it, but you did nothing more. It says, Bukhani, like a type of a... Uh, Pestle. Which is the one that you do the banging with? The mortar or the pestle? I think the pestle you do the banging with. Anyway. Oh, is it pestles and pounding? I, I don't know. And some type of a pounder, okay? The So in the Mishnah says, Caleb, it doesn't mean some complicated thing with nails and cutting. It is the case of the Brita. You smoothed it out, and now you can use it as a vessel. Okay? It's the exact same case as the Brita. Semar Vasan Begadim, wool that you made into clothes. Namti. That's talking about felt. Dainushinu Dilohadar. So you did not make it into, you didn't do the whole thing that the Brighta talked about, about you know, whitening it or whatever. You did some type of a thing, which is Eno Choser, which didn't require the middle steps of the process. But it's a Shino Eno Choser. Okay, the Lib, uh, the Libun, okay, so that's the end. Now, by the way, Tosa says, now Tosa says it's important his point, because what he says is, the smoothing is a case, you made it into a vessel. So Tosa says that's an important limitation on the idea of the smoothing and the planing. If you look at only a type of a planing like this that was made into a pounder that would be a shinoi that doesn't revert and that allows you to be kone um, uh, or if you made it into like planks of wood you took just a piece of lumber and you made it into a beam but it has to be it, doesn't have, it has to be something that it has a different idea Identity. It's not enough. What? What? You took some unshaped piece of lumber and you made it into a nice two by four. Okay. Mm, so you cut it, yeah. exactly, you cut it, you planed it. Okay. Aval 
if you just like took something that was rough and you took it into your wood shop and you sandpapered it and smoothed it or whatever so before you had a rough beam and now you have a smooth beam okay if somebody stole a palm tree and cut it down or even if you had a palm tree and you made it like, like into like planks because it still has the same name so this is a really important idea don't think that any physical change even if it cannot be reverted, is all of a sudden called a shinoi. Right? Let's say I steal Michael's car and I take my key and I scratch, you know, and I scratch some part, you know, something. Well, it's not Jose. I don't know, maybe if you have a good enough mechanic or something. But I do some type of a thing that doesn't change. It's like, oh, shinoi is kona. Okay? Not every physical change that's anal chose means that it's a new identity to the object. So that's an important limitation on this idea. Okay, let's continue now. So the Gemara now moves on to the next stage. Um, the Libu and Mihave Shinoi. Now, uh, the Brighter says that whitening the the uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, the wool is a shinoi. Now, you understand whitening doesn't mean you pour white dye on it. Wool is white, but it means you know when it's originally shaved from the sheep, it's very dirty and whatever. You know, it's not so you have to wash and comb and you know whatever and bang it. It's a whole process, and then it's really nice and bright and white. Okay, so let's take a look. The libu and miyave shinoi is that really a shinoi? The mini. Well, he's the glitnolo achetsvao. Patur. So we have a case where um, um, you uh, hold on. Let me just check Rashi about this. Um, right. Uh, okay. So it's case of racist hagays. So when you shear your sheep, okay, every year you shear your sheep, okay. If you have five sheep that you've sheared and they produce a certain amount of wool, then you have to give from that those shearings a certain amount to the coin. It's not a fixed amount. But a certain amount, sort of like truma, it can't be a trivial amount, but you give something to the Kohen. But it has to be five sheep that produce a certain amount of wool. Now let's say before you got around, you sheared the sheep, okay, and you were obligated to give something to the Kohen, but before you did, you whitened the wool. Is it now something different and no longer the wool that you sheared and now you don't have to give the gift to the Kohen? That's the question. Okay, so, you didn't have a chance to give it to the Kohen until you whitened it. You're exempt because now it's a different thing. If you... I'm sorry, that's if you... I say whitened, I said it wrong. If you, until you colored it, until you dyed it, excuse me, then you're exempt. Then it's something different. Then it's a shinoi. If you just whitened it and you did not dye it chayev so you see there that whitening is not a shinoi and our bright assumes whitening is a shinoi what's the answer so Amar Abayi Lokash it's not difficult Har and Harabana and it's a debate of Reb Shimon Harabana Titania Gozot Va'ov Argo again with this um, case of shearing the sheep this is a slightly different scenario it's that you sheared one sheep and you di- did something to the wool and then you sheared the other sheep so the amount of wool that you sheared from the first sheep does not combine to make the total amount that would be, make you obligated to give it. Okay? So you sheared one sheep. Um, you, 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 you sheared a sheep. Um, then you were uh, spun the wool and you wove it. It doesn't combine with the shearings of the other sheep to obligate you and raise your gaze. Livno, if you whitened it, it's a debate. Reb Shimon says it doesn't combine and the Chachamim say it does combine. So you show, there's one, uh, one bright that says, Libun is a Shinoi by stealing. One says it's not by Reishis Hagez. It's a debate of Tanayim. How much is this considered a change? Why, now, what's the debate? Presumably, it can't, you can't revert it to a 
its original state, but this seems to be Tosis's question. Of course you did a physical change that's not revertible, but does it change its identity? Does it go from being raw wool to being wool? You know, how much is that now saying a change of identity seems to be the question. Okay? So he says it to Machlokas. We'll read one more line and we'll end for here today. Rav Amar Havaha Reb Shimin Velokasha Hadinafteni Futzei Hadasarkei Srukei It could both be Reb Shimin that says that Libun is a change. But there are different degrees of Libun. One is the case where you just like sort of combed it out with your hands. And the other is where you did the process with like a, a comb you know, with a much more vigorous process and maybe a much more drastic change. So different degrees. One is that you just washed it. The other is you used some sulfur to whiten it. So that was more of a change. Okay, so that's basically different answers. Either there's a debate whether it is a change or different degrees of whitening it. Some could be considered a change and some not. So we'll pick up with this tomorrow. Uh, there's a difference. You get the stones out, what's the difference? They do it by hand or by